This is the Perfectly Mentored Podcast with your host, Jason Portnoy. When did you start like really paying attention to financial literacy? Um, and do you think they're doing a good enough job with the athletes today in sports of really trying to make them uh, understand financial literacy for and, and, and life after after the, their playing time? When you say they, are you talking about the league and the unions? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. In general, I, I don't know whose responsibility it comes down to. Does it come down to the, the agent? Does it come down mm -hmm. to the manager? Does it come down to the team? Does it come down to the league? Uh, the, is, it, is it the union? Who? Yeah. I mean, or is it just none of these people? They're responsible to run their organization. The agent's responsible to get the best contract so he can make money and they could make money and they could all, mm -hmm. they could all be happy. And it really just comes down to the athlete to, to figure out and learn financial literacy. And that could be an okay answer too. I don't know right. who's supposed to get that. I don't know who's supposed to be. Um, and I think the fact that we're actually having this conversation shows that the answer is probably no, they're not doing a good enough job doing this because, <laughs> because we, we don't even know who's supposed to properly be doing it. So right. I, guess, I guess I'll change the question. Who in your mind do you think the responsibility comes down to it? And then how did you take it upon yourself to, to start taking that seriously? Man, it's... It's funny because nobody really like most people will say it's your advisor to educate you on financial decisions and estate planning and taxes and right like that should be your advisor's role because you've hired them for a specific because they have a specific skill set and they're supposed to guide you and that's what they're getting paid to do. But how often does that really happen? Uh, rarely. Uh, and it's not all on them like. I remember I was 21 and 22. I wasn't, I wasn't asking the right questions because my, it, my, I wasn't prioritizing it. Right? And you also don't know what questions to ask in all fairness, right? You don't know which to, exactly. You don't know what to ask. I didn't know how to write a check when I got to the league, hmm. right? Like I didn't have financial literacy. I worked a lot. I had seven jobs by the time I left high school, but I didn't have a sophistication with finances. It, my, my mindset was more so just survival mode because that's how we lived, right? It was paycheck to paycheck and pay your bills and hopefully you got enough to go eat at Applebee's, you know? <laughs> so that's, that's how it worked. But it was more of a transition period when you came into some money like, oh, like you're now the financial patriarch of your family and everybody's looking at you to, um, to save them, right? From their financial woes and financial... Uh, their bad financial decisions. Um, but what I would say, what's really woke me up, I had a crazy couple of years in the first couple of years in the league, man, like tore my ACL, had a baby and then lost, uh, lost some money. And, and, and I had, you know, a very passive relationship with my finances because, you know, I hired this, I hired this person. You're supposed to take care of my money and, and steward it in the right ways. And, that's what you're good at. I'm going to go over here and, and make money on the field. Um, but it didn't work like that. Within six months, six to 12 months of me being with this firm, um, you know, I think it was my, my second or third year, they had, they were basically caught up in some type of fraudulent scheme where the SEC had them on um, their watch list. And I was getting emails and, you know, from the players union, like, Hey, if you have this person, like watch out. And I was like, I do. And so long story short, ended up losing 
um, some money, not nothing catastrophic, but it was enough to like hurt where it was like, whoa, like, what are you doing? And it was probably like 15 to 20 athletes that were wrapped up into this thing. Some guys lost millions. And so that experience at age 23, 22 was like, okay, I no longer can be passive with my finances. I got to check my account. I need to understand what this transfer means. I need to understand why am I allocated this percentage into bonds and this percentage into stocks and what is my end goal here? And so uh, from that experience, uh, I really just took a hands-on approach and I started to ask a million questions, Jason. Like I was calling my advisor every other day, like, hey, John, like, what does this mean? Why, why am I getting charged this fee for this transaction? And what is it? You know what I'm saying? Like just fundamental questions that a lot of us are, and I know myself was, I was guilty of just being too prideful and not, not being humble enough to say, I, I don't know. Do, do you think it's, pride, do you think it's prideful or, cause I see this mistake in business all the time where people um, mistake uh, delegation and abdication, right? Like they want to outsource something. Um, and there is a responsibility, right? Like, like there is a difference between delegating and totally abdicating your responsibility. And sometimes when you get a financial advisor, like in a position like this, you're, you're, you're in your early twenties, you're coming in, you're, get, you're getting thrown money at you and you have a guy who's supposed to be in charge. It's like, no, you go run with it. I don't know this stuff. That's abdicating versus now you're delegating the responsibility. Now you're probably part of the, you want to know what's going on, but you run the show. I'm just going to ask questions. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're. I think more, it needs to be more of the latter than what you originally mentioned, because when you completely just remove yourself from the process, that's when the fraudulent things happen. That's when people get swindled out of doubt and their money. Um, but I, I went the whole, all the way, all, you know, the other extreme end of the spectrum where I was just like, no, I want to know every transaction. I'm checking my account every day. And when you lose money, you're like, Nah, I'm never letting it up to nobody else to, to, to take care of my finances. I don't care if I got to spend time during the season, after the season, I'm flying to see you. I'm going to ask all the dumb questions because as an athlete, as a professional athlete, you don't ever want to be, uh, you don't ever want to feel like you're not the greatest at something or you're not, or you're outside your comfort zone. So for, for a lot of or athletes, like, or, or like the, the dumb athlete, uh, like the stereotypical, uh, yeah, stereotypical dumb, athlete. dumb athlete. Yeah. I didn't want to be that at all. I was like, man, I don't want to be that guy, but it don't matter. Cause they're already looking at you like that. It doesn't matter. So I'm like, look, you guys already think I'm clueless. I might as well start asking all these damn questions. So that's what I did, man. And, and what I, what I'm thankful for is most guys, they get put in these very conservative asset allocations. I was in 80% bonds, like 80% bonds and like 15% stocks and the rest treasuries. And I'm like, I get it. Cause that's how you preserve your money. Um, but that's not how you grow your money. So I'm like, okay, I get it. Preservation, blah, blah, blah. Now I'm starting to learn alternative investments. Um, yes, maybe it's a little bit more risk, but yes, I understand the risk. Why aren't we investing in real estate? Why aren't we investing in private equity? Why aren't we putting a little bit in venture capital? So I started looking at these different industries and learning about it and understanding the risk and then finding people that I trusted within those industries that could help shape my thinking on how to invest into those industries. And that's how I, that's what I've, that's what I've done ever since 2014 
is really branched out and diversified and got out of the traditional cookie cut approach, cookie cutter approach. And, and now you're, you're an entrepreneur, right? And, and entrepreneurship is a lonely sport versus you play yeah. your whole life, a team sport. <laughs> so, so I guess I'm curious in, in your mind as someone who's played both, no, not many people on a professional level, you're a professional entrepreneur. You do really well for yourself. Uh, you went back, you got your MBA, something we could definitely talk about. You, you're a smart, you're a smart guy, a, 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 a really talented entrepreneur and a talented professional athlete who played a team sport. What skills um, do you think being an athlete prepared you the most for the business world? Knowing how to deal with adversity and knowing how to get hit in the face and just taking that and then coming back even harder. So in business, people say business is a contact sport and it is. And being an, a, a real estate entrepreneur, like I got hit in the mouth like twice, two weeks ago. And, you know, it was like, whoa, where did that come from? Like, you know, I wasn't expecting that. And, and, and really, you know, I had to like problem solve and get creative and like deal with the adversity and then continue to per, like persist. That's what ath like athletes like will we'll get hit with adversity, um, whether it's an injury, whether it's a bad play, whether it's whatever it is. But then you got to find a way to overcome the adversity and then come back harder. And, and the persistence of that always striving is like where a lot of people I see don't make it. They'll get in, stuck in this comfort zone or this fear of failure where you don't push through the, the discomfort. You don't push through the adversity and you settle. So I think that ambition that I had to become a professional athlete, I now take on the other side of I, I see a goal. I set a goal, I see a target, I'm gonna hit that target no, no matter what it takes. And so it's, it's one of those things where I've developed that, that muscle memory over years and years of playing football and having to overcome things and now translate that into the business world. Hey everyone, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Thank you for your attention. And if you made it this far, you're clearly somebody who wants to take their business to the next level. You want to get better. And I understand that being an entrepreneur sometimes can feel like a little bit of a lonely journey, which is why being part of a thriving community of like-minded people is just so important. It was super helpful in my own development as well. And as is the ability to instantly get answers to the questions you may have in order to grow and scale your business. It's for that reason why I launched a consulting coaching program called the Market Domination Method. And guess what? If you're listening to this and you hear this, we're open for applications right now for new members to join. So to request an invitation or to book a free diagnostic call, call it a game plan call. I'll literally sit with you and demonstrate the value that we could bring to your business on that call. Let's jump on a call. Uh, we'll discuss ways you could possibly grow your business. Head on over to jportnoy.com, J-P-O-R-T-N-O-Y.com. You'll find all the different ways you could work together. It's going to be the best business decision you'll make. So hope to speak soon. Head on over to jportnoy.com, book that free game plan call, and I look forward to talking to you soon.